Fanfic Writers Crossed is a podcast that discusses all things fanfiction with a focus on the art and science of writing for the enjoyment of fan communities. My name is Joe, aka Pebbly Sand, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. My co-host, Manny, writes online under the name Copper Dust. You'll meet her shortly. In this episode, we discuss the connection between music and fanfiction. We explore how music and writing are linked as means of artistic expressions that can evoke emotions, tell stories, and inspire individuals. Lani shares that music plays a significant role in her life and influences her writing, with different stories having different relationships to music depending on the theme. I talk about how I use music as inspiration as well, incorporating it into fic titles, and sometimes having a specific theme song for a fic. We also discuss creating playlists for our fanfictions and incorporating musicality into our writing. Lastly, a listener asks about the playlist that I made for my long fic castles, and I give a little backstory about my song choices. We hope you enjoy, but for now, buckle up, get yourself a nice cup of tea, and welcome to the Fanfic Writers Craft. Hello and welcome to the Fanfic Writers Craft. This is Joe. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, Lani and I are back recording this week. How are you, Lani? How's things? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I just, like, literally, this is the 14th of May. An hour ago, I just uh, published the chapter 16th of Castles, uh, so I'm very happy. I am drinking champagne uh, to celebrate, and I'm just really happy. It was a lot of work, a lot of words, uh, so by the time this episode comes out, if you have read it and you have enjoyed it, thank you so much. Uh, I am very happy. Have you been writing anything? Um, I have been working on a number of different stories. Um, I've worked a lot on Merry Men, um, and I've been working on Check the Spindle lately. Yeah, that's great to hear. Okay, so today we wanted to do something a little bit lighter. I mean, we've done a lot of episodes that had like a lot of content uh, with like romance and dark stuff and all that stuff. So I thought it would be fun to do something a little bit lighter. And we chose to uh, do an episode about music. Um, I think I get asked asked a lot of questions about music and writing playlists and all that stuff so I thought that might be interesting so it's great to be talking about music and writing and sort of the uh, interconnection between both so I was wondering to kind of open this discussion um how do you think how are music and fan fiction connected for you um so intricately that it's kind of hard to describe. I mean, I think what they both have in common is just the idea of inspiration and one work of art inspiring you to make another work of art. And, you know, there's there's like times when you have like a, let's say a book or a movie or something that you're writing a story based on, but then a particular song will inspire that story. But then you can also write fan fiction just for a song. I haven't done this yet, but I, I have an idea that I'll play with eventually. Maybe not not yet because I have too many things going on, but there's a number of these like 1960s era girl band like cheesy story songs that I kind of want to flesh out into actual stories not quite sure where I'm going to go with it yet, but I already kind of know 
the song that I want to start with and then see what happens there. Um, but I, I think definitely um, music is just so emotionally resonant in a way that other media isn't. And it really gets to something in you that kind of evokes a lot more. Yeah, I um, it's funny you mentioned like fan fictions for songs, because I remember there was a phenomenon. I don't know if this is still a thing, but I remember there was a fen- phenomenon of like song fix as well. So that's a so that's a different thing, though, because a song fic is like, let's say, I don't know, you're in like Harry Potter fandom and then you have a song by whatever band, but it's probably the year 2003 and the band is probably My Chemical Romance or something of that nature. <laughs> and you interweave quotes of the lyrics into the story so that over the course of the story, like sometimes the mm. whole song is quoted in different sections. And so, but but usually that's, that's almost like a crossover in that two different media properties are being written about in the same story. Right. Yeah. I remember, I think I tried that when I was a teenager, but I have, I have like very vague recollections of like trying that at some point and it not being very successful to be honest. I, I will say song fix are most effective if the person reading it is familiar with the song and likes the song. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, I remember what song it was. Uh, it was Yellow by Coldplay. Of course it was. That's the one that... <laughs> Of course it was, you know. Um, no, I think um, I think for me it's kind of the same. Like I think they're very interconnected. A lot of times I'll get inspired by music to write a story or most of my fix have kind of what I call a little bit of like a theme song almost where there's like one song that I'll listen Mm -hmm. to over and over and over again whilst writing that fic and it kind of even if it doesn't necessarily feature in the fic itself it is like kind of in spirit the the theme song of that fic and I also Mm -hmm. use I mean obviously like recently this wasn't the case before um, because I used to like my my title my fan fiction titles used to be different but recently I've kind of enjoyed like the past two years kind of taking song lyrics for titles as well so yeah those are ways that I guess I use music as kind of as inspiration Mm -hmm. um, theme songs and you know sometimes lyrics as song titles although as fake titles although um, that wasn't always the case but I I don't know I've been enjoying the exercise of getting you know finding like a quote that I really like that I can use as a title and I don't think like obviously I won't do this forever but at the time like at the moment I've been really enjoying that Mm -hmm. so kind of building on to that do you incorporate music into your fan fiction or do you just use it as inspiration and like mention it in passing Um, I've done all of the above depending on the story that I've written Um, Mm. it's it, it depends on um, how central music or or sound is um, to the kind of main ideas of the story. So uh, there's a, there's only one really recent story that I can think of um, that's fan fiction that's not related to any particular song or group of songs, and that's Hush Lane Where the Holly Grows, which is inspired by um, a street sign that I saw. Um, but I'm often inspired by like the combination of a song and then the time period and place and context that it came from. And that really kind of drives me because I, I, I really love music and I listen to it all the time. But different stories have different relationships to music in terms of like how explicit I'm going to be about putting music into the story or referencing specific songs. 
So if I'm referencing music a lot, it's because I I think that it is like relevant to the story. Whereas other times, you know, it might be in my head, but I'm not necessarily going to directly reference it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot also about different ways you can weave music in. So are you going to explicitly quote lyrics? Are you going to obliquely describe the content of the song without quoting lyrics? Are you going to say who the artist is or say the title of the song? Or are you going to do neither of those things? So I've done variations on all of those things. And I I really like not mentioning the name of the artist or the title of the song. That's That's something I enjoy. And sometimes I've even done no artist, no title, and no quote from the lyrics. So nothing Googleable. I'll just like verbally describe mm. the song as I as I you know perceive it, and uh, and then I'll have readers try and guess what song I'm talking about, which is really enjoyable. And it's funny because they'll come up with songs that are like not the actual song I was referring to, but like when I listen to the wrong answer, it's like actually very similar. And then uh, I've also had somebody guess like spot on the exact song that I was talking about, which was which was really nice because I didn't quote the lyrics at all. But I would say like, you know, if you want to make music really central to your story, maybe think about like why and how can that be relevant to the plot. So for example, um, in Merry Men, I allow music to be very central because there's this sort of recurring motif I come back to of, of sound and listening and um, sound is very much kind of as I did my research what I learned like a, a major sense that soldiers use like as compared to sight which is most of our like dominant senses but sound is really important for knowing what's going on and, and understanding what's going on around you um, and so that works really well when you add in music and then my one of my two main characters which is you know my uh, AU version of Remus Lupin he's actually partially deaf um, as a result of injuries that he sustained so that also connects to this this kind of like frustration and difficulty in communication that he has, that he's actually lost some of his hearing. Um, and so in that story, I'm like really open about having music all the time. Mm. Yeah, I think it really depends on the story and it depends on the fandom as well. Like I used to write, so when I was writing for Silk, which is a BBC TV series, one of the things about Silk is that it's very connected to music, like within the universe of the show there's a lot of references to music mm -hmm. and especially like the main character is like a big fan of like Joy Division and The Clash and all those like British bands and so it was a lot easier mm -hmm. to kind of incorporate music and that fic was very music-y like I would you know incorporate songs and incorporate lyrics and stuff from songs that would have made sense within that universe but still um whereas you know, with something like Harry Potter, it's a bit more difficult because you've got that like muggle slash, you know, wizard disconnect and you're you're working with a universe where like the music that we listen to doesn't really exist. Or wouldn't be listened to by the characters that we know. Yeah. So so it forces you to kind of be more creative maybe in the way that you might um incorporate these but but yeah like I think most of uh as I said most of my fix are at least a little bit inspired my music um if not a lot I think um sometimes yeah I'll mention lyrics sometimes I'll just mention like an artist I in chapter 16 which I can talk about now in castles there's this whole plot where like Harry and Ginny go on this mm -hmm. road trip and obviously like they're in the muggle car and so they listen to like the mm -hmm. muggle radio so that was a lot of fun especially 
using music from like the late 90s <laughs> um which is a lot of fun like there's the moments where like Ginny discovers <laughs> the Spice Girls and it's like this like huge thing um so yeah it's um you know like that's kind of fun uh, but I think even if you're in a place where you can't for whatever reason like um reference songs you can always I think you can play with what your reader knows as well especially with like very very famous songs you can kind of play and hint at them without necessarily you know mentioning <laughs> them like if you if you turn a phrase that is like very similar to a song lyric maybe your reader will like pick up on it as you've said and uh you know it can be like a little bit of a secret between yourself and the reader so i think that's mm-hmm. i think that's a lot of fun as well to kind of play with everything that we know and and you know kind of have this sort of communication between yourself as a writer and your reader Mm -hmm. I wanted to mention as we're talking about music uh, one of my favorite authors Fluorescent Grey does a kind of a a third thing with music which is actually like a lot of her stories are about fictional bands that are like in universe she's made up this band and then she'll share lyrics that you know she's made up as part of the story from the band and she'll also you know describe in great detail like musically how it would sound even though we know those songs don't really exist and um you know she's really good at like describing in such detail that you feel like you've heard those songs like you really feel like you can hear them and so that's another way it's kind of the opposite opposite of a song fic, the opposite of taking inspiration from somebody else's music is sort of creating your own. And uh, she did that in the story, um, A Handful of Dust, uh, very effectively, um, which I really enjoyed. And, you know, there's also like, obviously, original fiction that's done this, particularly the book Utopia Avenue, I really enjoyed um, about a fictional 60s like prog rock band but i i also want to say that like i'll play with what genre of music i'm talking about depending on the context of the story so for check the spindle you know my main character is like a nine-year-old and a ten-year-old so i try to focus on music that not only would have come out in the period i'm referencing in the late 60s but also music of the type that would be interesting to or appealing to a child so You know, she's not listening to like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles because, you know, that's the kind of music that a parent of the 60s would say, you know, that's not appropriate. Kids can't listen to that. She's listening to like cheesy 60s novelty songs and like the sort of music from like the ballet that her ballet class puts on, like Tchaikovsky. And she's listening to, Mm. you know, the exact sort of music that would appeal to children and be from that era, like the monkeys. So that was kind of a different selection of music than what you might normally see in a song fic because it's entirely driven by the Mm. character not simply by you know whatever songs i like the best yeah i think what's um was i i was just kind of thinking about what you said earlier as well about like you know kind of your readers guessing what song inspired you and stuff i have i sometimes have the reverse and i've mentioned this on the podcast before where People think, and especially one singer, especially Taylor Swift, a lot of people think that I'm inspired by Taylor Swift, and I am not. I do not listen to Taylor Swift. I don't know anything about her. And it's funny how I think, as like a fan of something, and I think it works for a lot of people who listen to Taylor Swift, but I think it works for a lot of people, you kind of relate the music you like to the writing, even though... Mm -hmm it's not related but because they're two forms of art and maybe two like kind of 
pieces that have given you similar feeling, you tend to relate things that are actually not related and you see references and relationships that are not necessarily in existence. So I think that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, also like, I think one of the things that you need to think about, and it, it kind of goes to my point about like it being harder to reference uh, songs in HB Thick as it may be in other fandoms, is that, you know, you have to take into account what kind of music your character would listen to. So it's exactly what you were saying about like having a 10 year old or whatever, you know, it does limit you a little bit. And um, in terms of like what kind of music you might reference within the fic. But also I've seen people do this and I think it's great. And I've done it in the past of like using, you know, quotes from a song as like a, maybe a quote at the start of a chapter or a quote at the start of the fic or something. And that doesn't have to be an in-universe, a possibility in-universe. Like it can be just a song that you... Mm -hmm like and that you that has inspired you somehow yeah i did something like that with uh the scene between where um each chapter began with a, a short quote from a song that was sort of relevant to the time period that came out in you know the early to mid 90s and i don't worry about like what if readers don't know this song what if they're not familiar because like i gave them the playlist at the end i pr i provided it to them i i gave them a youtube link mm. i gave them cover art so i was like go ahead listen listen to these songs like i've i've put this together for you and i included both the songs that were in the chapter titles as well as other songs that were referenced in the story but were not in the chapter title and i and i would also say like these are not all songs that my main character likes these are songs that my main character hears and some of them he really doesn't like, you know? So I like to incorporate, it's almost like an inside joke with myself that I do where I'll put a song in that I really like, but my main character thinks is awful and will make fun of and describe how it's stupid or uncool or like nobody likes this song, but it's like, I know that I like it. I, I actually, I was really inspired because I found an article online from Rolling Stone and it was an article about like the 50 worst songs ever written. And of course, you immediately scroll down to see, okay, what are the top 10? And I was like, man, I like all of these songs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like, okay, they're a bit like cheesy or they're like novelty songs, but I really like all of these. Do I just have terrible taste in music? And then I wrote one of them into a story because I was just like, you know, fuck everyone that hates MacArthur Park. I like MacArthur Park. That's, <laughs> by the way, that's the Someone Left the Cake Out in the Rain song. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. I think, um, it's, I think you're, te you're definitely right. I think it's important to, kind of reference songs that your character, your main character won't like because it also helps build like the universe around them. And, you know, we all live in that world mm -hmm. where there's songs that we like and songs that we don't like and we have to cope with both. And so I think it's like very interesting to kind of reference songs that they don't like as well. Or another thing is you might play with some things that are universally kind of made fun of or, you know, it kind can kind of help you build a rapport with your reader. For instance, I remember when I was writing uh, Children, which is the mm -hmm. long fic that I wrote before Castles, there's a moment where the main character is kind of, you know, she's kind of bored and a lot of things are going on and she is sort of staring at the TV a little bit blankly and she's 
she gets onto like starts watching this song contest where you know contestants kind of covering famous songs and one of the songs that they cover is Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis and you know I think we've all been there like like those songs like Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger are some of the most covered songs and most of the covers are so bad like we've all been in this school assembly where like the cover is just so bad and um and so she's kind of making fun of it and in narration she's like oh yeah Sally can really wait and it you know it's a joke that you can share with the reader as well because they've been there and we've all like heard those really bad covers of Wonderwall or Don't Look Back in Anger and so you know it kind of helps you build that relationship and that rapport with the reader as well with like a kind of an inside joke between the character yourself and the reader so I think that's what music can also do both positively and negatively well it's like you know the joke like anyway here's Wonderwall (laughs) but it's like okay like people are gonna judge but I love Wonderwall I mean, I like the original. I maybe don't want to hear someone's like crappy new boyfriend's like cover of it on his acoustic guitar. Maybe I want to hear the original version, but like, it's okay to like cringy thing or like stuff that's not cool, you know? Oh yeah, 100%. I love, I love Wonderwall. Um, I like Don't Look Back in Anger better than Wonderwall, but anyway. Um, so I think one of the, one of the questions that I kind of wanted us to address because I have had this question asked to me on Tumblr on multiple occasions at this point, like by Annans and stuff, asking, do you have a writing playlist? So do you have a writing playlist? So uh, basically, I usually don't read, uh, I usually don't listen to music while I'm writing, um, unless the song that I'm hearing is directly written into the scene and I must hear it while I'm writing to sort of stay in a certain tempo. And sometimes if if there's like a classical music song, a song without lyrics, I might listen to it while writing. But typically mm-hmm. I don't listen to music while writing because it sort of gets in the way of my concentration. Listening to music is more for like the daydreaming stage and the thinking in my head stage. But while I'm actually sitting down writing, I, I usually need it to be quiet. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, I'm the kind of person who needs to like stop the music in order to think so yeah like I definitely I listen to music when I'm daydreaming like if I'm going on a walk or something and I just like I'm thinking about thick I'm thinking about some ideas and stuff I'll definitely listen to music um but in terms of writing no same because I need I need quiet like I need first of all I tend to like read out loud what I've just written to make sure that it sounds a certain way and so obviously like music playing music would kind of get in the way of that I guess um but also like I just yeah I need to I need silence or I need and I was telling you this before we started recording I can listen to music if it's like something if it's like one song on loop that I listen over and over again to the point that I don't really hear it anymore but it kind of it creates a sort of zone sometimes that I need to be in. Mm-hmm. And and so sometimes like that will be one of the ways that I'll listen to music when I'm writing. It's just write, like listening to one thing on loop. Yeah. But when I'm writing, so a lot of, as I've said before in this podcast, I tend to write in like very, very long installments. Like I'll write, you know, mm-hmm. for like eight hours or 10 hours at a time. And so sometimes I will like get up to like make tea or whatever. And so what during that like 15 minute break that I wait for tea to be made, 
I'll listen to the songs that are kind of like inspiration for that chapter or that fic or whatever before I get back to work. Um, but whilst I'm typing, no. Yeah, I, 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 I feel exactly the same way. And I was always the same way. Like I didn't have study music when I was in school. Like if I was studying, I, I could not be mm. uh, listening to music at the same time. See, that's funny because when I'm at work, I tend to listen to music, like especially if I'm if I'm in the office, but not for writing. But if I'm if I'm at work in the office, I tend to listen to music. But that's just because like my office is really noisy. So I find listening to music rather than like people's conversations less distracting. <laughs> um so that's kind of that's kind of the thing but yeah um and so i guess like kind of building on to that do you have playlists for your fix though like is there is do you have like specific playlists that you create for fix i think you just said yes right yeah so i definitely make playlists it's something i started doing a few years ago because for some reason when i was a kid and i was writing like it, it just didn't occur to me to do it which seems like, I don't know why. I knew what a playlist was. I had playlists like for my for my iPod. But um, yeah, so I, I started doing it for In Search of Mythical Kings and I published it on the late great eight tracks and shared it with uh, readers and, and they liked it. And since then, I've I've really done it for longer stories. I'll do it like some shorter stories. There's really only one song. And um, I think it's gotten worse over time with me doing more and more of it where where like Merriman has four playlists, four different oh, playlists wow. that I use that all serve a different purpose. So one is a playlist of exclusively songs that are directly referenced in the text and which at the end of the story is going to be published and made available to readers um, because they might want to just kind of have it conveniently all gathered up for them mm -hmm. so they can listen through. One is a playlist of songs that generally inspire me with relevant sort of thoughts and emotions, but it's not strictly chronologically accurate. So are there's like some songs that came out way later than when these events would have taken place. Mm -hmm. And the third one is um, a list of songs that I imagine the main characters could directly have been listening to while in Vietnam in like 68, 69. So they're all chronologically accurate. And they're also like the type of music that I feel like those kind of people would listen to, i.e. not super girly music. <laughs> like it should sound like something that men listen to. And the last playlist is for used for what I consider Act 3, which is sort of like the th the third section of the story is set years later after Sirius is released from prison. So it's a different time period and a different kind of list of emotions. And so that's a different set of songs that are for that period of the story. Right. Wow. Yeah. I, um, I think so. Yeah. I only create playlists for longer projects, especially it's, it's same thing. Like usually if it's a shorter fic, there's only one, maybe two songs. So I don't really need a playlist. For longer projects, I do create a playlist. Um, for the first long fic that I wrote, Children, I was quite um, kind of rigorous about what songs I wanted to include in my own playlist. So I could only, like, cr like there was only one sort of theme song per chapter, plus anything that was mentioned in text. And that was kind of like very, I was very, very strict about it. Um, and then I had a, 
I was originally kind of doing that for castles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got like, weirdly, I always think this is weird. People started asking me for like my castles playlist and I was like, okay, maybe I can share that. Like I d- it didn't even occur to me that this would be something that people would listen, would want to listen to. But then I was kind of like, okay, so I ended up doing it and I ended up deciding to add as well on top of like, kind of the theme, the chapter theme song and whatever was mentioned in text. I also ended up adding songs that I considered sort of inspirations or moods for certain chapters. And they're all kind of chronologically uh, set out. So, you know, it kind of moves through, it kind of moves through the music at the same time as like you're supposed to move through the chapters-ish. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but yeah, I kind of, I, I'm having a lot of fun curating it and, you know, adding songs as I uh, continue to write. But yeah, it wasn't something that kind of really occurred mm-hmm. to me at first, but now, you know, there's, and there's quite a few people subscribed to it. I don't know um, if anyone actually listens to it, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun to kind of add as well, like not only songs that are mentioned, but also songs that I've used for inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I I also find it fun, like, for some stories, I will say, okay, I only want to reference music that's chronologically accurate to this time period that the characters could realistically have heard. But for other stories, I'm totally okay with being completely anachronistic. And I kind of think of it Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, the Marie Antoinette movie that Sofia Coppola made? And and she uses completely modern music, and she doesn't try to make it sound like it's 18th century music. But like, the audience mm-hmm. understands that this is not meant to be literally yeah. within scene music. I kind of think of it like that. So especially like, you know, if I'm writing ancient Greece, like I'm not going <laughs> to like, like look up, like look up like Lydian mode, modality, Kithara. Like, yeah. Like there comes a point, you know, <laughs> so just like, and it's like, it's not the kind of anachronism where the reader thinks that you just messed up. Because like, you know, if in the scene between the story is set in 1995, and I put a 1997 song in there, someone's going to think mm-hmm. I just messed up. Whereas this, it's like, I think it's pretty clear that I know who this music yeah. is not <laughs> chronologically accurate. Yeah, I think um, another, another, it's funny you were mentioning that Marie Antoinette movie, another sh- show tv show that does this incredibly well as peaky blinders they have this whole sort of playlist of mostly british kind of 2010s rock that they play mm-hmm. like arctic monkeys and things like that to the backdrop of the show which is set in the 1920s 1930s and mm-hmm. obviously they don't intend this to be you know like they they know we know that it's not the right yeah uh, it's not the right time era <laughs> but uh but i think they do it incredibly well and you know to kind of use that music to set the mood as well which is bizarre Mm -hmm. because on the one hand you'd think oh that would be completely anachronistic and it wouldn't work and it wouldn't set the mood but actually it does and it really sets the mood for certain scenes in ways where um Mm -hmm. in ways where you wouldn't expect it and i think as well the work that they do is they also incorporate music from that time period within the scenes whenever like I don't know the characters are dancing or you know if there's a character singing or something then that's not going to be 
anachronistic, but the... Yeah, so it's diegetic versus non-diegetic music. Yeah, um, and it's, and I, I find the way they do it, I mean, they're fame, they're quote-unquote famous for that, like, if, you know, the, the Peaky Blinders, a lot of people have written articles and stuff about their ways, their use of music, and I think it's, like, super interesting and very, very well done. But yeah, I think, I think it's kind of you know, sometimes it, it really depends what you're trying to achieve, really. Yeah. And I and I think also it's about thinking about the effect it will have on your reader. So like if Peaky Blinders, for instance, played the kind of music, you know, in the 1920s would have been considered, let's say, uh, menacing or badass, then the audience who is not used to listening to like ragtime yeah would probably be not emotionally effective in the in the way yeah. that they are meant to be feeling whereas like maybe they need to hear i don't know like rock or hip-hop or something to get that mm. feeling because yeah. it just the type of music that used to be popular then no longer emotionally translates to what it meant at that time whereas like for me the line that i draw is basically rock and roll like if something takes place before rock and roll, then I just feel like I don't. They, there isn't the range available for me to simply choose chronologically accurate music. Whereas if something takes place, like I guess in the fifties or later, maybe even the forties or later, I just I don't know. Like I just feel like before rock and roll, like ugh, yeah, I would I'd be a bad time traveler because I'd be like I don't like any of the food and I don't like any of the music. <laughs> Yeah, no, fair enough. I think, yeah, I haven't really, I mean, the only, the only thing that I've ever written, which happens before the 1940s, what was that one Peaky Blinders fic that I wrote? But the thing with Peaky Blinders, again, is that you can kind of reference like more modern music because that's like within the canon yeah. of the show it works. So, um, you know, but yeah, like, um, definitely that's, you know, that, that would be hard for me, I think. <laughs> Um, and so I think another thing that we kind of want to talk about is, do you feel like you're incorpor incorporating uh, musicality within your sentences as well? So do you feel like there's a certain music to your sentences uh, when you're writing? I definitely um, try to incorporate musicality and I and I, um, I listen to my work read aloud and repeat it back into my head over and over trying to get like a certain rhythm. And I'll puzzle over it, like, even there's some lines I remember, like, while I'm driving the car or walking somewhere, when I'm still, like, I haven't published the chapter yet, but I, I know the idea, like, I know the meaning that I want the sentence to have, but I'll still be sort of rehearsing it in my head, trying trying to end it in a different way, trying to rearrange the words until it has the exact rhythm I want, because, like, it's a it's it's not just about getting the meaning mm -hmm. across that you want, it's about the, the music of the paragraph, and, you know, some authors are particularly good at this because they pay more attention to sound like Cormac McCarthy he, he has such a like a musical ear for narration this is a quote from um, Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy and it's just told from the perspective of a father looking at his child night of your birth 33 the Leonids they were called god how the stars did fall I looked for blackness holes in the heavens the dipper stove I just love that line, God, how the stars did fall. I like how every word in that sentence is one syllable. So I, I definitely um, always want that kind of musicality and I'll, I'll try different ways. Of course, the people who are best at this are like Irish writers because they have a natural way of speaking, which is already like predisposed to musicality. And I don't have that. 
that's why, like, you know, when you read James Joyce, like, every line is, like, a song, you know? That is interesting. I I don't think, like, it's, like, oh, all Irish writers have that. I think some Irish... No, but the dialect itself? Yeah. Like, there is a music... I mean, it's funny, because, like, for me having lived in Ireland for so long, like, I don't really hear it anymore because it just sounds normal to me. Like, the way that people... It's just the way that people speak. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but I could see how, like, you know, it would, it would sound different when when you don't live here, obviously. But yeah, like, for me, for me, the way, the way Irish, like, the sort of musicality of the Irish accent, which comes from the Irish language, is, yeah, I'm just so used to it by now that I don't really hear it anymore, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, for me, I definitely, maybe not as obsessively, but I definitely, like, as I said, I read my stuff out loud. I like the sound of it. The thing is, because my accent is so particular, you know, the stuff might sound good to me. I don't know if it sounds good to other people. But yeah, like I, I enjoy I enjoy a certain rhythm to it. And I <laughs> I think certain authors, what I really like, and I and I always think of um of this book called uh, Incendiary by Chris Cleave, where he uses words and he uses especially what we would typically considered to be like filler words um to create rhythm in sentences and he just kind of because his um <laughs> main character is you know she's right she's basically this woman writing a letter but she's not someone who's very literate and so obviously she will use like words that are very basic and very like you know she has a lot of language <laughs> ticks and stuff and he uses that to create a rhythm to his sentences and to the prose, which I thought was so clever, um, the way it was done. Um, so I would definitely recommend Incendiary for anyone who's kind of interested in musicality. But yeah, for me, I do pay attention to it. I do like the sound of my own, of, you know, trying to read stuff out loud. Although, as I said, you know, it's a lot of, it's very dependent on the way that your own accent sounds as well. I think even with like people you know if you read something that's written by a british author they you know might read differently to them as it reads to you if you have like an american accent or something so that is something that is a little bit dependent i suppose mm -hmm. i generally find like when i read something that is clearly meant to to have been written by someone with a specific accent i have to read it in my head in that accent because it wouldn't sound Mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't make any sense except but to hear it in that accent. And I, and I mean, like the most, the most extreme example of this would be a book like Train Spotting or anything by Irvine Welsh. Like, what am I supposed to read that in my accent? Like, re <laughs> really? Like, you want it? You want to know what that would sound like if I read it the way I pronounce words? Like, it's impossible, right? So, mm -hmm. I, I think you have to keep in mind the proper accent, which is hard because some accents. If you're not very familiar, it's like hard to replicate it in your head, you know? Yeah, no, fair enough. Like, I don't, I don't know how I read in my head. I think I just read in my own accent in my head most of the time. Um, okay. And so that we got a question that was specifically addressed to me. Um, but, um, I thought mm -hmm. I'd take it on the pod as well, which is, which is kind of something that mm -hmm. we've, 
talked about a little bit, but I'll address it now. Um, so as Taranga4 asked, I'd love to hear Pebbly Sands, uh, Pebbly Sand, uh, talk a little bit about the Castles playlist. So many songs on there where I really get the sense of this is in fact Harry's life <laughs> and experiences uh, viewed with love and set to music. Especially curious about her thoughts on choosing songs wh- that were composed after the canon time frame. I love the playlist as at least partially because of how timeless it feels, but I imagine that was a consideration as the songs were chosen. So absolutely not, um, <laughs> because because basically the as I said before, the Castles playlist was a playlist that I created for myself, and what I needed from that playlist, like the goal of that playlist for myself. <laughs> was to set more of the mood and like feelings and emotions that I needed to be in rather than like the mm-hmm. setting or, or time period. That was kind of my goal, right, with the playlist. So I think, you know, if I had been like, okay, I need to like get myself mm-hmm. into the late 90s, then I would probably have gravitated towards songs of that era. But that wasn't really my goal when I was putting together the playlist. It was more you know, for my own inspiration and for my own sort of emotional um, state, I guess. And so I ended up... (laughs) So yeah, a lot of those songs are just songs that I listen to and it's you know they kind of I think a lot of them belong to the same time era which is the early 2010s like 2010 to yeah like 2007 to like 2015 which is you know my favorite era of music because that's when I was like young you know and that's where you know your tastes sort of crystallize right so a lot of those songs are just songs that I would have listened to when I was in uni or whatever and they just kind of stuck with me and then I put them in the playlist so it wasn't yeah because it wasn't really the goal I didn't really try and make it timeless although I do like the fact that it is Mm -hmm. um obviously when I'm like referencing songs within the text as I said I do pay attention to like what time you know whether or not they existed at that time but in terms of the playlists yeah it's it wasn't timeless. It wasn't like designed to be timeless. But in terms of like the songs themselves and the feelings that are, um, you know, elicited by those songs, definitely that was intentional. Definitely it's, uh, it's, you know, all those songs kind of have a different, a different moment in the fic and a different mood. And also I incorporated a bunch of French songs because again, it was my playlist. You know what I mean? So I didn't need, I didn't really intend to like make it public at first. So it's funny because when I, I remember when I put it out, I was like, I apologize for all of the French songs on this because obviously like, you know, that was, a, that was, you know, kind of for me. Uh, but it turns out that people like them, yeah. so I'm very happy. But uh, yeah, not not something that I did intentionally. Yeah, and like Tumblr's like very open. Ever since Eurovision, they're like, they're like very open to songs in foreign languages. <laughs> yeah, I guess I like, yeah, so Eurovision was yesterday. Um, yeah, every, every year, like I only know when Eurovision is because I open my dashboard and I'm like, who are all of these weirdos in these costumes? <laughs> but that's the point. That's the whole point of that's Eurovision. That's like when instead of reading a newspaper, you just... <laughs> Check your Tumblr dash for like the various events of the year, like like uh, Ides of March, which is like a yearly festival. <laughs> no, but like Eurovision, Eurovision is its own thing. But yeah, Eurovision is um, the point of Eurovision is to be 
crazy and kitsch and all of these weird costumes um but yeah it's a i think it's a it's a it's a european tradition you know it's just weird because like all of these countries spent thousands of years going to war against each other bloody murdering each other for so long and now it's like Wait, you're telling me they could have just been doing this all along? Well, so that's the point of Eurovision. Like, that's why it was created. It was created after uh, the Second World War. And the sort of ethics of it was to kind of bring the the European countries together through music and you know, a little bit like the European Union was meant to bring people together financially, the Eurovision was kind of like, oh, we're going to do this, like, song contest with different countries so that we like all have a common culture or whatever i'm not gonna say which of those institutions was more successful at achieving your goal (laughs) but well do do you know what like i would say i would say eurovision was more successful (laughs) i mean nobody's trying to like brexit from eurovision yeah um so yeah eurovision is a great success because everyone everyone and like now it's super popular when i was when i was a kid it was very it was kind of very kitsch and very like people were making fun of it and no one was this was watching it at least in france but now like people kind of mock watch it but it's still like it's, yeah. it's so popular like everyone everyone loves it so yeah the goal is to create like the the craziest thing and and the french the French acts are always like so resolutely French. The woman who represented France to, like this year wore a beret. Like that's how dedicated we are. I find the Mediterranean countries are always off. The, like not France, but like Greece, Italy, Spain, Portugal. Like they can't be normal about it. They can't. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um. Anyway. This was a great episode, and I hope you had fun with us. Um, obviously, with this was a little bit lighter, but uh, that's also what we wanted. So, do you have any recommendations for us? Yeah. So i I was talking to you earlier about the fact that I last week I read Morris by um, E. M. Forster, and I'm absolutely obsessed. Um, still working on curating a new list of recommended fix. Um, and I also just read the book Alec, which is um, by William DeCanzio, which is a response and like a t- telling the story from a different character's perspective um, based on Morris. And I'm still reading um, The Mask of Apollo by Mary Renat. Okay. Um, this is kind of an old wreck for me in the way that I think, you know, most people would have read this fic already because it came out quite a while back and I know it got a lot of success in sort of the Harry Potter slash Haney sort of fandom but I only read it recently and I really really enjoyed it so I wanted to recommend it nonetheless if you haven't read it yet you definitely should it's called Orchards by Win Matter it's a fic about the summer before sixth year in Harry Potter and that sort of building of the relationship between Harry and Ginny and the sort of story about how Harry sort of fell in love with her without realising it and it's beautiful, it's incredibly well written, it's very teenage uh, but in all the good ways Um, and it's just absolutely, the writing is stellar and the sort of overall mood of the fic is very good, it's very funny but also very deep at times and it sort of very much shows the tensions of that era and the way that Harry, you know, and Ginny both feel feel about the war 
blooming in, but at the same time being teenagers and, and having to live that life. And uh, it is beautiful and I definitely recommend it. Um, so Lani, where can we find you online? Always at copper-dust on both Tumblr and AO3. That's great. And I'm Pebbly Send on Tumblr and AO3. If you'd like to give us any feedback, suggestions for next episodes, or just talk to us, um, our ask box is open on Tumblr. You can find us at the, the fanficwriterscraft.tumblr.com. And if you want to help finance the podcast, uh, you can head to co-fee.com forward slash the fanficwriterscraft. This allows us to pay for hosting. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.